Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm Randall Watson with Watson Farms in Sherman, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. So great to have you along for another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the annual Texas A&M AgriLife Southwest Dairy Day was last week in Bovina. I made the trip up to the Western Texas Panhandle to cover the event, and I'll have more on it coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pegas, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The wildfire threat in the Texas High Plains is looking pretty high. With that in mind, AgriLife is preparing a special educational program for area producers. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. Tama USA and Delta Pine announce a partnership for cotton farmers this harvest season. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have details of that partnership straight ahead on Texas Ag Today. Farming activities have slowed down across the coastal bend area, but ag groups have currently intensified their activities to educate elementary school students. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The annual Texas A&M AgriLife Southwest Dairy Day was held Wednesday in Bovina. That's in the western part of the Panhandle near New Mexico. Producers got to tour the Del Rio Dairy Farm there. AgriLife Extension Dairy Specialist Jennifer Spencer says three things were highlighted on the tour. We had three different stops. Uh, we had one that talked about facility design, the Saudi barns, and also water use. And then we had one talking about robotics and technology, and then our other one was talking about manure management. Specifically, this dairy had an anaerobic digester, so that was pretty neat to see. Capturing methane, turn it into energy. Del Rio milks over 7,000 head a day with another 7,000 heifers and dry cows. They can milk 90 head at a time on a carousel and another 90 head at a time in a parallel parlor. Texas A&M is hosting an online CEU program for pesticide applicators. 
to help private pesticide applicators gain the continuing education units they need. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service will soon host an online CEU program. The Overton Pesticide CEU program will be held from 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. November 3rd on Zoom. Five Texas Department of Agriculture CEUs will be available, including one laws and regulations, one integrated pest management, and three general. The program is open to applicators statewide. Topics will include an IPM approach to feral hog management, laws and regulations, weed control in pastures and fields, weed control in lawns and turf grass, and spray equipment and spray tip selection. A link to RSVP is available on today.agrilife.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cotton market has been in the 80s for most of the summer, despite many attempts to push it above 90 cents. Memphis, Texas cotton buyer Kevin Huddleston says cotton growers need the market to top that 90 cent level to put money in their pocket. Our last trading range has been between 85 and a half to 87 and a half. And we're thankful for those ranges. In order for break-even cost to go into area growers, whether it be dry land or irrigated, we've got to get to a point to where we've got a nine in front of it. 93 cents less the warehouse charges is $450 a bill in my grower's pocket. And that's what we're leaning towards from a company standpoint. Huddleston says the cotton harvest is just beginning in the southern panhandle with the first bales on their way to the gin this week. The wildfire threat in the Texas High Plains is looking high right now. James Hunt tells us Texas A&M AgriLife is preparing a special wildfire education program for High Plains producers. Wildfires are a very destructive force of nature, and in our area, they're pretty much inevitable. It's not a matter of if, but when we're going to have a wildfire. That's Danny Nusser, the regional program leader for Texas A&M AgriLife. He says with all the grass that grew during that period of heavy rains we experienced earlier this year, there's plenty of fuel for wildfires around the Texas High Plains. So with a heightened threat for the months ahead, Nusser says AgriLife is offering a special program. What we thought about was how can we provide some education to producers and what they can do to prepare as far as grazing management, taking care of some brush issues, um, using prescribed burn to kind of protect some of your areas, your fences, your houses, your barns, and maybe just your pasture. So just some out-of-the-box thinking and some good management things anyway, but also how it maybe applies to protecting yourself from wildfires. The AgriLife Wildfire Program is November 9th in Papa, and along with presentations on the topics he listed, Danny Nusser says there will also be a panel discussion featuring everyone involved in wildfires. That's your local commissioners, your emergency management coordinators, your volunteer firemen, Texas A&M Forest Service, everybody that's been engaged and how they can work together to make sure that we're doing the best we can. Once again, the wildfire meeting is November 9th in Pampa at the Pampa Chamber of Commerce building. The program will also be provided virtually at AgriLife's county extension offices in Amarillo, Lubbock, Post, Crosbyton, and Spearman. For more information and to RSVP, contact AgriLife. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Tama USA and Delta Pine have announced a partnership for cotton farmers this harvest season. Tom Nicoletti has the details. 
Today, we are reporting about the introduction of a Delta Pine branded module wrap for cotton growers in the 2023 harvest season. To talk more about this, we go to Lauren Besant. She is in Lubbock. She is the Delta Pine brand manager. And Lauren, explain this partnership between Delta Pine and Tama USA. How will it work? So in our first year program of a partnership with Tama USA, which is the leading supplier of module wrap, we were proud to announce the strategic partnership that provides cotton growers with a unique opportunity for this 2023 harvest season. Within this first year program, we offered the brand module wrap to a select group of Delta Pine new product evaluator growers as they're a part of our NPE program across the entirety of the cotton belt. The reception of this program has been really, really awesome in us being able to provide these cotton growers with one round of module wrap to harvest some of their Delta Pine cotton. Give us a uh, physical description of the module wrap. So the traditional module Module wrap is yellow, which works great with our Delta Pine logo. So we've got the yellow wrap printed with a green Delta Pine logo on it. So a single module wrap will will contain two logos on it. The wrap, it was provided at zero cost to the participating pilot program growers. Within the 23 pilot program, there were 54 NPE growers that received the bale wrap. Of the 54 pieces of bale wrap, we have essentially 1,296 bales that will be wrapped up this year. And so that is something that we're wanting to expand into the 24 season. We're still working through details and figuring out how to operationalize and get the wrap into more growers' hands. That is Lauren Besant. She is Delta Pine brand manager in Lubbock. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Farming activities have slowed down across the coastal bend area of Texas. Harvey Buring has this update from Corpus Christi. Well, farming activities have slowed down here in the coastal bend as most of our growers are completing field work in preparation for next season's crop. And most of the cotton gins across the region are also wrapping up activities for this season. It was a smaller than average cotton crop here in South and Central Texas. And the Corpus Christi Classing Office that services the growers in the region indicated on their October 13th weekly report that only 24 of the 47 cotton gins in their region were submitting bale samples for grading during that middle week of October. So far, the classing office has completed grading of some 904,833 bale samples. As of the end of October, many years, there are well over a million bales. Uh, The area county Farm Bureau leaders are once again collaborating with members of the Texas AgriLife Extension agents in local counties, as well as the Soil and Water Conservation District and the USDA's NRCS personnel to conduct those agricultural awareness events for third and fourth grade students in our area. The coordinator for the New Aces County Ag Awareness event indicated they'd be holding a three-day event this year in order to accommodate some 1,300 students and teachers that have registered to attend their Ag Awareness Days conducted at the regional fairgrounds during the final week of October. Folks over in San Patricia County, that is the longest running Ag educational event for elementary school students conducted their event during the third week of October, very successful as usual. Reporting for Texas Ag Today from the Coastal Bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. 
Texas A&M University has received two sizable grants to study the virus that causes COVID-19 in humans in deer. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And low rainfall and high heat have left pastures and hayfields nutritionally deficient. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. This is State Representative Dwayne Burns, and I'm here with my friend, Super Bowl champ, and Dallas Cowboy legend, Jay Novacek. You know, I've been a real cowboy my whole life, so I'm asking everyone to go out and vote for Proposition 1, the right to farm amendment that this guy, Dwayne Burns, actually wrote. Whether you're a cowboy or not, this is important to all Texans. We all need access to safe and affordable food in the future. Proposition 1 protects our family farms and ranches, so so they can grow our food right here in Texas. On November 7th, please head to the polls and vote for Proposition 1, the Food for Texas Amendment. Yeah, come on, Texas. Let's do it Jay's way. Vote for Prop 1 and then spread the word with your friends and family. Learn more about Proposition 1 at right2farmtexas.com. That's right, the number 2, farmtexas.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Low rainfall and high heat have left pastures and hayfields nutritionally deficient here in Texas. Dr. Bob Judd explains. Cow-calf producers and veterinarians need to consider trace minerals when looking at the nutritional needs of beef cattle. Although deficiency of trace minerals varies by region, Dr. Jeffrey Hall indicates the most common deficiencies are copper manganese, selenium, and zinc, and trace minerals have an impact on the immune system, reproductive system, and the growth rate. The most common deficiency he sees in cow-calf operations is copper, as he believes more than 60% of beef cattle have a copper deficiency, based on over 6,000 liver samples he evaluated while at Utah State. Selenium deficiency is almost as common in some parts of the country, and the deficiency varies according to soil content levels, and in general, Texas is not a selenium-deficient area. However, you can check your specific county for selenium-deficient areas in the United States by examining the U.S. Geological Survey. Manganese and zinc deficiencies are less common but do occur. Dr. Hall indicated that up to 6% of liver samples he tested had a zinc deficiency unless a drought had occurred and then the percentage of deficiencies was up to 13%. It is recommended to supplement cows year-round with trace minerals to meet their nutritional needs and to make sure their calves are born with adequate reserves. Over 90% of mineral transfer occurs in the last trimester of gestation, and over the first three months of life, the calf's diet is mostly milk, and there's very little amount of trace minerals in the milk. Contact your local veterinarian or extension veterinarian for more information on trace mineral supplementation in your area. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas A&M has received two grants to study COVID-19 in deer. Jessica Domel has that story in today's Wildlife Report. 
Texas A&M University has been awarded more than $1 million in grants from the U.S. Department of Agriculture to study the virus that causes COVID-19 in humans in deer. According to the university, the funds from the two USDA grants will fund research into the spread of SARS-CoV-2 in deer and help researchers understand the impact of the virus in Texas deer populations and its relationship to human and ecological health. The research team plans to focus on captive deer for the projects, including managed deer that live on large rural properties enclosed by fences, as well as free-ranging deer the captive deer may interact with. They'll also study deer living in zoos and wildlife centers. An $800,000 grant from USDA will fund a three-year project designed to help scientists understand how the SARS-CoV-2 virus spreads among deer. The funding will also enable researchers to study how the virus has impacted overall deer health. That study will focus on understanding the disease in the context of whole ecological systems, examining not only how captive deer interact with one another, but also how the wild and captive animal community interact. They'll look at patterns of infection among captive deer, the humans who work with the deer, other domestic livestock on the ranches, as well as wild mammals in the environment. The second project will include sequencing the RNA of SARS-CoV-2 found in white-tailed deer to better understand which strains are active in deer populations. They'll also track possible mutations. The university says that is being done so we can better protect ourselves from future outbreaks of the virus in the human population. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time to check the markets. We'll be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. That's right. And there's a huge digital divide in our state. There are still large parts of rural Texas that have little to no access to high-speed internet. I'm State Representative Dwayne Burns. And I'm State Representative Trent Ashby. We're here to ask you to vote for Proposition 1 and Proposition 8. I wrote Prop 1 to protect your right to farm and ranch. It will prevent the abuse of regulatory power, protect the backbone of our rural economy, and ensure safe and affordable food for all Texans. And I wrote Proposition 8, which will create the Broadband Infrastructure Fund to address important upgrades for public safety and provide resources for broadband access in rural hospitals and schools. Let's head to the polls November 7th and vote for Prop 1 and Prop 8. Political advertising paid for by Texas Farm Bureau and Texas Broadband Now PAC. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a lot of red ink across the board to wrap up the trading week on Friday. We finished lower on cattle, hogs, corn, wheat, and cotton. As usual, we'll kick things off with a look at the cattle complex. Live cattle, feeder cattle, both taking a drop Friday. October live cattle down 12 cents, 184.27. December down 67 at 184.62. With February live cattle dropping $1.22, 187.72. 
Same thing on the feeder market. It got to hit hard again on Friday. October feeders dropped a dollar seventy-five, two forty-one eighty-two, with November feeders down two twenty-seven, two forty-two twenty-two. January contract down two thirty-two at two forty-three oh five. Cash fed cattle market managed to make some gains this week. We sold cattle here in the Southern Plains, one eighty-four to one eighty-five. That's one to two bucks higher compared to the previous week. In the north, dressed sales were at two ninety-four. That's two dollars higher compared to the previous week. Boxed beef prices higher on Friday. Choice up a dollar two, three oh five fourteen. Select up seventy-six cents at two seventy-eight twenty-four. Now let's check those auction barns. We're walking the pins with Larry Marble. That fellow over there is my friend Doug Bass. He has Cattleman's Columbus. Doug, how'd the Wednesday sale go? Had a good sale, Mr. Larry. We ended up with 1,088 head of cattle. Uh, market looked pretty steady the week before. Good. Walk the pins with me. Yes, sir. Uh, your packer cows and bulls, thinner, lower-yielding cows, 37 to 68. Medium flesh cows, 70 to 80. Better high-yielding cows, 85 to 104. Packer bulls, lower-yielding bulls, 85 to 108. Better high-yielding bulls, 110 to 118. Uh, didn't have any pairs. Had a few bred cows. Bring from 900 to 1,600. Calf market looked good. Like I said, I, I caught steady the last week, two to three weight steers, 240 to 335. Heifers, 235 to 267. Three to four weight steers, 230 to 335. Heifers, 220 to $3. Four to five weight steers, 220 to 282. Heifers, $2 to 252. Five to six weight steers, 210 to 267. Heifers, 190 to 248. Six to seven weight steers, 190 to 240. Heifers, 185 to 231. Seven to eight weight steers, 174 to 237. Heifers, 170 to 227. And your 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bull yarders bring 165 to 224. Heifers, heiferets bring 135 to 172. Good. Now, do you know of anything coming for next week there at uh, Cattleman's Columbus? I've got, uh, yeah, we got a, a deal to get a pretty good bunch of yearlings for a man right now that he come in and talked to us yesterday. Uh, but other than that, I don't really know much of anything else, but I imagine we'll have a pretty decent run yesterday. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you for that next sale there. Yes, sir. You can call me on my sale, 979-877-4454, or there at the office, 979-732-2622. Doug, thanks so much for being in the alleyway with us today and giving us your report. Neighbor, thank you so much for listening to Walking the Pins, Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble. You're listening to me right this second on Texas Ag Today. Thank you much, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs dropped lower on Friday. December hogs down $2, $66 even. February hogs down $1.90 at $70.42. Class 3 milk was mixed. The nearby October contract up a penny, $16.88 a hundredweight. November milk down 37 at 1809 a hundred. Cotton market took a big drop. It was a rough week over the past week for the cotton market. Stronger U.S. dollar, a lagging Chinese economy, and Brazilian cotton coming onto the world market, all weighing heavily on cotton prices. Friday was no exception. December contract dropped 187 points at 82.40. March cotton down 165, 84.53 with the May contract down 160 points, 85.68 cents. We saw a nice rally in the corn market on Thursday. However, Friday's trade took a lot of those gains back. We had some profit-taking coming into the market as well as hedge selling, and that pressured prices back lower on Friday. December corn dropped 9.5, 4.95.5. March corn down 8 cents at 5.09 a bushel. May corn down 7.5 
at 516 and a half. Both hard and soft wheat lower on Friday. December Kansas City wheat down six and a quarter, 670 a bushel. With December Chicago wheat down eight at 586. In the energy markets, November natural gas down three cents, 292. November West Texas crude down 35 at 89.02 a barrel. The financial markets lower Friday afternoon. The Dow down 269 points, 33,144. The Nasdaq down 195 at 12,990. The S&P down 54 at 4,223. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.